Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Welcome to MLB Extras, the Seattle Mariners edition. I am Allison Footer and I'm here with Greg Johns. And Greg, we are actually going to have, as I called this, the kinder, gentler Seattle Mariners podcast in terms of not a ton going on. There's not a million breaking news items to go over so a little bit of a break uh from what this offseason has been for the mariners which has been fantastically interesting um but we do want to maybe examine some of the players that are going to comprise the roster that mariners fans are already very familiar with and just kind of talk about what contributions might be in 2019 um, i think we should start off with maybe d gordon uh always an interesting player a big contributor when he's healthy and what would you expect from him from him in 2019 yeah, Allison D's he's to me one of the keys uh, for this season. Is there they really would love to have a big bounce back from him this year, uh, and he was so good at the start of last year, and and such a catalyst when he is on, and and they saw that last year with a great start they got off to, and I, and I think D was a huge part of that. I mean, when when he's playing well and playing right, this team really did some stuff last year. Uh, you know, he was the energizer bunny, getting on base, running, setting stuff up for the middle of the order, and. Uh, a lot of those middle-of-the-order guys aren't back this year, so that changes a little bit. Uh, and it'll, it'll be a question of how they use D because uh, uh, he ended up last year, they bumped him down to ninth in the order as, as he struggled uh, after he broke a toe and, and just wasn't getting on base much uh, for a pretty good stretch of time. So finished the year hitting ninth. Uh, now they brought in Malik Smith, who's a legit leadoff hitter as well. So two pretty good speed guys they could put up top, and, and we'll see how that plays out. But D, I think if he is he's going to be in the middle of the action and uh, this is a guy i think you know people maybe forgot you know as they watched him last year struggle a little bit in the second half but but he led the majors in bases you know three of the previous four years and and can really really run and uh and, and i look forward to seeing him get back and, and maybe having a a, a a consistent year for him health wise and also player wise as he's going to be second base from from the start i think that's uh, going to be a huge uh, relief for him after really working hard to become a center fielder last year, but that was not his natural position, Allison. And we saw him, uh, you know, a, a team guy give that everything he had. But clearly, when they moved him into second base after Cano got suspended, he was much more comfortable at second and, and far more effective defensively. A really outstanding Gold Glove second baseman. So I think big year. He, uh, he can get healthy, stay healthy, and be the guy they expect him to be. 
Yeah, it's interesting with with um, D. Gordon. Players uh, like him, speed, the speed factor is such an important part of his game. Um, he's 30 years old. He's actually going to be 31 on April 22nd. And this is kind of when, you know, they really can't lose any of that because that sort of defines them as a, a player who's, you know, capable of consistency on the major league level. Um, so for a player like D, that's um, that's going to continue to be not only to get on base, but to be able to move around those bases as fast as he does. I mean, that's going to be a key, I would imagine, to his season. Yeah, no question. I mean, and his on base did drop dramatically last year, and part of that was he just wasn't running as well, and, and, and it affects his swing, it affects his ability to, to, to beat out infield hits and, and that kind of thing, and, that, and that's, that's his game. Uh, he's not going to be a guy that's... that's uh, you know, hitting the ball over the fence a lot, but but uh, if he's playing well, he, he he's certainly capable of, of getting on base and being that factor. So I I just having been around D for a year, this is a guy that a ton of pride, uh, loves the game, and I think he's going to come back here to do everything he possibly can to be part of what this thing is going forward. So uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be fun fun to watch D this spring and and how he's doing, and that'll be a big key to how they they can play this year. Yeah, absolutely. And just a great guy, a guy that's very easy to root for. Um, we uh, pulled all the all of the beat writers for all 30 teams at MLB.com on their projected lines that the season started today. The season does not start for a very long time, but this is a fun little exercise as we uh, get closer to spring training. And uh, you have D Gordon hitting second, um, you know, Malik Smith at the top of the order and center. Just uh, obviously a huge transitional year um, uh, for the Mariners. And so what do you think when you when you kind of look over this this lineup? Yeah, we, we got that assignment and I started penciling things out. And it's, it's funny, you, you don't you don't have, you know, uh, Segura, Cano, Cruz that were the t- two, three, four guys last year. And, and uh, you can see where it's going to be a different a different team. Uh, uh, I do like the speed potential at the top there with with, uh, you know, I, I drew in because they're I'm sure they're going to ask me to, to make out the lineup, uh, Allison. But uh, I, I, I threw in Malik Smith and D batting one and two just because I wanted to see those speed guys up top. And I put Hanniger batting third. Uh, uh, Mitch, you know, he's, he can hit anywhere. And, and I think it, it can drive in a ton of runs if we can hit behind those two. And uh, uh, Edwin Encarnacion, if he remains on the roster, I put it clean up in DH. Uh, they are possibly going to hit him if they can to get, get a young prospect there but and then i went with uh, kyle seager domingo santana the, the new left fielder uh, ryan healy omar narvaez the catcher and tim beckham who i think will open the year at shortstop over jp crawford now that they picked up the, the veteran beckham so it's it's not the big slugging lineup before but there's some pretty capable guys there uh, domingo santana i want to keep an eye on a guy that hit 30 homers uh, for the, uh, two, two years ago um you know this is a kid that can can call it pretty good so uh, we'll see how it rolls. I, I do think uh, the big question on this team is the bullpen. I think their lineup, Allison, could actually be fairly productive if uh, if those guys all stay healthy, and, and especially if Encarnacion's around. Uh, Jay Bruce, another guy that they can put in there that's a three-time all-star that can hit it pretty well. So, yeah, they've got some options there, and I think the offense might surprise a few people. Yeah, I would imagine that when you got this assignment, that it's it's just it's such a it's a normal kind of exercise that we do. A lot of uh, writers do the same thing, but it's I would imagine you probably cringe just a little bit thinking, um, you know, because I mean, you know, it's understandable. The average reader would look at that and kind of hold you to it and think that you're prognosticating something that you can like look into a crystal ball. Uh, but you obviously probably know more than anybody that this is very subject to change. I would think. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, Scott Service laughs when we ask him uh, lineup questions, even in spring training. Uh, you know, so a month before the season when they don't even have the roster finalized, it's uh, he would laugh if I asked him what their lineup would be now. But uh, I guarantee you, he has sat around and scribbled out some ideas on a napkin and a, a notebook here this offseason himself. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he's got some ideas, but uh, he will be the first to tell you that the lineup construction is, is not the, uh, the first order when camp opens and they'll, they'll let these guys play and there's a reason they're going to be in Peoria for a month and before they head to Japan and they have to really make that lineup out. So it, it's, it will be interesting. I, I know a year ago, uh, given this assignment, I could pretty well write it out in stone. You know, they had all whole group back and everybody was you know kind of slotted in and this year it's going to be a whole new uh, ball game with a lot of new ball players. Yeah, I mean, really, technically, if this is a lineup, if the season were to start today, so we're talking about an opening day lineup, I mean, of course, there's the Ichiro factor because the season is starting in Japan. And I guess ideally, if I'm you know, looking at this from a Mariner standpoint, I'm kind of hoping that the Mariners are winning, you know, 11 to two in the seventh inning. And then they can bring Ichiro in to pinch hit, uh, have some you know, big deal for him, some way for the fans to really acknowledge him. Um, it's got to be, you know, I mean, I, we've talked about this before, but this, you know, these are not exhibition games. And so there's going to be a need to win them um, with, while also being sensitive to the whole Ichiro thing. So Scott Service, that, that might not be a cakewalk for him in those two games. Yeah, not at all. And, and uh, you know, Jerry Depoto has, has flat out said he expects Ichiro to be on the 28-man group to head to J- Japan because they, they do get the, that extra uh, three spots. But, uh, yeah, uh, but there is no guarantee that Ichiro is going to be our starting left fielder by any means. Uh, I think they would love to see him playing well enough to be in that conversation. But beyond uh, beyond the, the first two games, being on the roster, they've made no no commitments. But uh, Ichiro, uh, I think, is is looking far beyond that and hoping to be on the roster the whole year. So we'll see how things play out in spring. Sounds like your dog really wants Ichiro to be on that roster, Greg. Big, big, big fan. Big fan. <laughs> a, lot of people are, a lot of people are barking about this issue already. Uh, let's conclude this conversation with a couple of questions from your inbox. I really love the people that follow the Mariners and that email you questions because, or I guess tweet you questions, um, because they're always really good questions. So Justin would like to know, it seems that Logan Gilbert has been buried under all the new names coming into the system this off season. What is his ceiling or floor and when can we expect him in the big leagues? Yeah, that that is Logan's a good name to bring up because it's funny that the Mariners and Depoto made made the trades to bring in Justin Sheffield, the, the top pitcher from the Yankees organization, and and uh, Justin Dunn from the Mets, and and Eric Swanson from the Yankees. And these guys have, have have been the big folks of attention. Here's Logan Gilbert, who was their top draft pick last year, uh, and uh, nobody's talking about him. And, and there's a reason for that. I mean, they drafted him in uh, the 14th choice overall, and, and he never pitched. Uh, he came in there. They're going to be careful with his innings anyway because he pitched a ton in college that, uh, last year. But uh, then he got mono, got sick, and, and uh, they basically just kind of let him heal up uh, and get healthy, and, and they're going to bring him back this year and start his pro career. So Logan Gilbert, I think, you know, he's going to be a guy to watch and could be, should be one of, the, one of that group going forward once he gets his feet under him. But certainly not going to come in without having played any pro ball yet and make big noise yet this, this coming year. I think he'll you know, start out in the low lower levels and see where he goes. So I'm reluctant to put a, a big uh, time frame on him, but you know, you'd think a, a couple of years he could be knocking on the door. And uh, I, I like to point out Allison Kidd out of Stetson 
highest uh, pitcher ever drafted out of Stetson, which you may think, you know, whatever. But uh, Corey Kluber, Jacob DeGrom, also Stetson pitchers. So pretty good company there. If they can get anything similar to those guys, they would be thrilled, of course. Wow, I didn't realize that. Oh, I learned something. Um, <laughs> Curly would like to know, who do you think is the number one starter in the rotation right now and who gets the opening day start? Ooh, good question. Yeah, Curly coming with the hard stuff. Uh, that is a great question and one that will play out over the spring that, that I'm fascinated to watch myself. I mean, you got Felix Hernandez, who's made 10 straight opening day starts and obviously would love to make an 11th, which would actually tie him for second all time, uh, the most opening day starts in a row. So he's, he's certainly, if he comes to camp, uh, you know, looking like he deserves it, I think they would love to do that. Uh, but Felix did not pitch very well last year, particularly in the second half. So there's certainly no guarantee that's going to happen. Uh, you know, they traded away James Paxson, who would have been the logical opening day starter. So I think if you're looking at kind of the, the number one pitcher on the staff, as, as, as he's asking, uh, uh, my, my thought would be Marco Gonzalez. He had a, an outstanding year last year and had the most wins and, and a very, very solid first year as a, a starter for them. And, and uh, I think he's kind of their top guy, but whether he's the opening day starter, I, I don't know. It's there's, You don't have to start your your guy. You know, there's there's other options there. And you say Kikuchi, how good is he going to look coming over from Japan? What are they going to see there this spring? And, uh, you know, the two other veterans, Mike Leake has been an opening day starter in his career and had the most starts, the most durable guy for them last year. And, and you got the savvy veteran Wade LeBlanc uh, had the lowest ERA of any of their starters last year. So, you know, any of those guys could legitimately get it. I, I kind of think, you know, if it was me, I'd pencil in Marco Gonzalez. But uh, Felix certainly deserves consideration and, and uh, just for his history and what he's meant to this franchise and uh, see how he looks this spring. Okay, and the final question is from Zane. Is there any reason to believe Kyle Seeger can rebound back to being a solid 262 hitter? I don't know, Greg. I kind of have him. Peg for 263 or 264. <laughs> <laughs> That's an extremely specific question. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm going to bet that he does not hit 262. I just think that's probably good to have good, good, you know, odds on that he won't nail that number on, on, on the head. Uh, but I will also bet that Kyle's going to have a nice bounce back. Uh, uh, this guy's an excellent player. And uh, it's funny. I think two years ago, I remember somebody from MLB.com did a, one of our, stat guys did a, did a story on the most consistent player in the major leagues any position and he went through all the things that had you know over the last previous five years and his ultimate answer was Kyle Seager had been the most consistent player in the major leagues not, not not the best but the most consistent way his production and his production was was pretty darn good I mean this guy was an all-star and gold glover in 2014 and uh 2016, I remember he had the highest war of any player on the Mariners. You know, that was a group that included, you know, Cano and Cruz and that, that group, uh, uh, one of the highest wars in baseball that year. And and uh, since then, he's he's struggled the following year in 2017 and then really, really, really dropped off this past year. And and, and uh, he had a foot injury, much like D. Gordon, that he really struggled with and affected his, his swing and production. I think the, the shift of got into his head more than anybody last more hits to the shift in anybody in baseball last year. It's just that, that he, and he tried to work around that. And I think he's working on things this, this off season. I know that he told me before he went home to North Carolina, that he was going to try to really focus on some things to help himself there and, and get more flexible as well uh, and do some things physically to, to be in better uh, shape to, 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 to play at, at this age as he gets into his thirties. So uh, I, I have all the faith in the world that Kyle Siegel will be a pretty good player for the Mariners this year. And I, 
I expect, uh, well, he may not hit 262 on the nose. I expect him to be much better than he did last year and closer to the guy that was hitting 30 homers and 100 RBIs a, a couple of years ago. Absolutely. Okay, good stuff, Greg. Thank you. Thanks to everybody for listening to MLB Extras, the Seattle Mariners edition, and we'll catch up with you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.